Welcome to Childcare CRM, the podcast. You're familiar with Childcare CRM, the company, and hopefully you love using Childcare CRM, the product. I'm your host, Sierra Rossing, and I serve as the content marketing specialist here at Childcare CRM. This episode features an audio recording from our recent webinar, Build Email Marketing Campaigns Like a Pro. To view the full webinar, visit youtube.com slash childcarecrm or check the link in the description box below. All right, well, well, let's get started with the uh, with our roundtable discussion today. So um, first, uh, hi, everyone. I'm Heather Dunn, the Chief Marketing Officer at Childcare CRM. Welcome to our roundtable on building email marketing campaigns like a pro. Um, let me start by introducing our fabulous panel for today. We've got some great, um, great speakers with uh, awesome insight. So um, first, let me introduce Chris Murray, who's the CEO at Childcare Success Company, also the co-founder of Grow Your Center. Um, let me introduce Danny Christine, who's an ECE consultant and owner of childcaresites.com. Uh, we also have Genevieve Carbone, uh, head of marketing at Kangaroo Time, and then Brian Strauss, the demand generation specialist at Childcare CRM. So welcome, everybody. Before we uh, we jump into our conversation, I thought we would start with just a quick poll to understand uh, what everybody's pain points are around um, email marketing. So uh, you're going to see on screen a quick poll here. What is your biggest pain point when sending email to prospective families? You've got a multiple choice, uh, multiple choice options here. Can be not sure what to send. Building emails takes too long. Not enough contacts to send emails to. Uh, I have no way to track email performance. And then other. So um, let's let's let some of these uh, the votes come in here. Right now in the lead is people are not quite sure what to send. We've got uh, second to that. Building emails takes too long. Um, followed by not enough contacts to send emails to. So um, this is great feedback. And I think as we talk today, we're going to jump in and answer some of these pain points so uh, we can make things a little bit easier for you. So I'm going to end our poll and then um, let's let's jump in to our uh, panel discussion here. So I want to start with um, really just a, a the first question around how do you really manage or follow up with your new leads? So um, this is for the entire group. Um, when should I follow up on new leads? And why don't we start with um, uh, Chris? What are your thoughts on that? When should folks follow up when a new lead comes in? I'm thrilled to be here today. Thanks, Child Care CRM. Um, I believe in fast and frequent follow-up. And so I believe in trying to follow up immediately via email and text. Uh, if you can get those things set up in your drip campaigns using CRM, that's a best practice because you wanna start building relationships with your prospective parents and building trust uh, right out the gate. And then just um, a constant stream and drip of great information to build trust over time in case they're not ready to make a buying decision quite yet. Perfect. Danny, what are your thoughts on that, on lead follow-up? 
I completely agree with that. And to Chris's point, if they're not ready to enroll just quite yet, it doesn't necessarily mean that they will never be ready to enroll. Over the years that I've had um, my programs running, I can't tell you how many times parents have called or come in for a tour or just filled out a form on our website years prior to actually starting with us for whatever reason. Um, maybe we weren't exactly what they were looking for at the time, or maybe they started somewhere else and needed us later. But as far as the frequency of follow-ups, I think that continuing to follow up several months or years later or keeping them on some sort of drip campaign like Chris mentioned is um, essential to having them enroll in the future. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, Genevieve, what are your thoughts on, on lead follow-up? I definitely think speed is important here. So as soon as you can follow up with them, um, I know I'm a parent myself. So, you know, when you know, I was looking at centers, those who followed up and especially with a phone call, even if I submitted via the website, if you can follow up a phone call, it was great because I was right in front of my computer and I could answer any questions that they wanted right then and there. Um, and I think a lot of times that you're not always able to answer the phone or, you know, pick up the phone or write a personalized email. That's why I think it's so important to set up drip campaigns and nurture campaigns when you can. So that automation, it automatically kicks out an email to them, uh, you know, right when they need it and giving them more information about your center. So I think that's super important. Yeah. Yeah. I think the automation aspect of that really is, is key as well. Um, Brian, what are your thoughts on lead follow-up? Uh, usually the first center to respond is going to be the one that wins the enrollment, right? So you need, obviously you need to be the fastest, but on top of that, you need to hit them a certain amount of times. And I know one of the biggest things with centers is an apprehensiveness to over-communicate to where they feel like they're bugging families, but these are families who are looking for care. And these are families who reached out specifically to you. So you shouldn't feel apprehensive about contacting them five, six, seven times we find is kind of the, the magic number there. Um, and so if you can touch them through a combination of email and phone calls like Genevieve kind of brought up, then you have a really, really strong chance of, of gaining that enrollment. Yeah, great point. Very good. Well, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit more about how you actually build your email list and um, find those families that are interested that you can start marketing to. So this is a question. Um, I'm going to have Chris and Danny take this one. So um, how do I gain more email list contacts? And um, Danny, why don't we start with you on that one? I think the easiest and like first way that is easy to do that is by having different places all over your website where you can capture emails. So if you have like an extensive um, website with different pages on it, um, it, include a spot where parents can input their email as well as other information that will be helpful for you in following up about that family. So children, their children's names, date of birth, their, their physical address, their names, emails, phone numbers, all of that should be in different places on your website. You could set up something where they're able to schedule a tour automatically, which I know childcare CRM has something that they, you know, you can embed that directly on your website, which has worked for us. Um, and capturing those email addresses um, through them scheduling tours. Um, if you have a contact form on your website, if they just have a general question or are not ready to schedule a tour, that's great. But something else that has proven successful for us over the past year with COVID, 
Um, I don't know about all states, but in New York, there's a scholarship program that's available where um, families are able to get childcare for free. And what we have done is positioned ourselves to be the one providing information for families about how that program is run and how they can apply rather than rather than redirecting them to the state's website um, and application process we have included if you're interested fill out this form on our website where we'll take your information your contact your email and all of that and we will contact you with more information about how to apply so we've gotten a lot of um, emails and contact info from doing things like that over the past year and a half um, as well as the lifetime of our center just having different contact forms on our site has been helpful yeah so the website definitely is key there uh, chris what are your thoughts on how do you really build that email list well, first, I want to say that building a list and having a house list of not just email, but definitely cell phone, mobile phone for texting, and then also physical addresses is definitely a best practice, period, the end. So you guys have to be building your list long term and utilizing your list to segment out the kids for whom you need, you know, if you only need four-year-olds having that data in your list so that you can reach back to the, uh, you know, the appropriate ages of that child slot to fill that specific classroom is one of the best practices that we see. Cause I get the question a lot as a coach, which is, well, I'm pretty much full, except I just have a few spaces in my pre-K, you know, and I go, well, go back to your list. Hopefully you're building one and gathering that age segmentation data so that you can segment it. So I just wanted to say, you know, before I dig into how to build the list is just you know, be focused on it and have a list. <laughs> so, because a lot of folks we meet, they just don't, they're not, they're not in a list building game. And so um, that's really important. But as far as how to gain more context, one thing is just to test shorter opt-in forms. So the, you know, out of the box form that CRM provides you with has like um, probably 10 or 11 fields for child's name, child date of birth, child number one, child number two, et cetera. And that's great. But also testing shorter forms so that it, it's less work for parents to opt in with maybe just first name, best email, and mobile, for example. Just test those shorter forms as well as the long forms so that you can meet people where they are in terms of what data they're willing to give and how much time they have to give it. So there's that. Because I'd rather collect just a little bit of data to be able to follow up versus you know, some people don't want to fill out the full form. And then the other thing is um, other people's lists. So being able to collaborate uh, locally with people that you can partner with, whether it's a pediatric dentist that you work with, that you bring into your program or subsidy programs that you work with, uh, like Danny mentioned, co-sponsored offers, events, local parent festivals, et cetera, where you can be with other, you know, other parent-focused, child-focused businesses locally that you guys can be sharing lists. So find out who else in your market, maybe there's mommy blog or parent, you know, parent groups that have lists, and then you can collaborate and offer something to those groups and start marketing and to those, to those local uh, groups to build your list. So one of the things I've used long-term as a strategy to build my list is who else has my best client? on their list and how can I go work with that person as a partner, just like childcare CRM and I have worked together for the last decade. Cause we have all of y'all are similar people on our list. So that's that's been a beautiful collaboration. So those are some tips. 
That's awesome. Great idea to, to partner with others in the, uh, in the community. I love that. Well, let's, um, let's move on to another poll real quick here. Um, why don't we pull everybody? Let's just learn a little bit about how often is everyone um, marketing or emailing to their prospects? So um, options here, you could be doing this weekly, monthly, quarterly, a few times each year, or not at all. So uh, let's, let's have everybody start voting there. Looks like uh, in the lead here, never is uh, is kind of taking the lead at about uh, 44%. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, we don't want to see that. Yeah, so never is in the lead, followed by monthly, um, a few times a year, uh, weekly, and then quarterly. So let's talk about this uh, never emailing your prospects. So let's uh, let's jump in and see what we can uh, see what we can do here on that one. So uh, let me go over to, um, uh, let's see here. Let's, let's tee this one up for uh, Brian and Chris. Uh, so we we've talked about getting your list built. Um, and then uh, the next, that, let's jump into how do I uh, increase my open rates? So let's get people emailing to that list. And how do we actually increase the open rates? and make sure that uh, that folks are opening those emails and taking action. And uh, Brian, why don't we start with you on that one? Yeah, so uh, one of the biggest things is you're gonna wanna test everything you can, right? Um, so subject lines, we, for instance, go really hard on testing something like say um, loss aversion versus positive reinforcement. So you might be able to say, hey, for a limited time, enroll with our center with no setup fees or no sort of like enrollment fees or anything like that, no application fee um, versus saying, hey, you know, you have X amount of days left before this offer is gone. Things like that. Um, testing sender, male versus female, testing um, your preview text. A lot of people underutilize their preview text um, and they either one, just don't do it or two, they have the same thing that's in the intro to the email. And that's like, that's a big opportunity to say something you're not saying somewhere else. And so if you're not utilizing that, there's a good chance that you're not, uh, you're, you're not uh, driving open rates as much as you could be. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Chris, what are your thoughts on open rates? Well, I have a couple tips, but first I just want to say that I'm very sad about the high percentage of nevers. So either that's, you know, folks are new to email marketing. That's why they're here, which is great. So if you're not emailing, this is a great webinar for you to get started and start building a list and start emailing, you know, at least monthly as a best practice. We can talk more about that. But with regard to subject lines, um, but with email open rates, we look at subject lines. So we like to try to keep subject lines fun, fresh, um, current, on trend, you know, like the things that people are talking about, the things that are going on in their head. If you hit them with that in the subject line, you're gonna be much more likely to get an open or keeping it simple and asking a question like, can I ask you a quick question, Sierra? Would be, you know, just that, just simple. And, and so I think, cause people are so bombarded with email. So I think trying to cut through the clutter with specificity, curiosity, a question, personalization and something compelling in the subject line. So what I do is I keep a swipe file in my email folders and anything that comes to me as an email recipient that I find to be compelling or that I click on, 
then I keep that in a swipe file and then I borrow it from it later. So that's a best practice for you guys as a shortcut. Cause I think a lot of people struggle in our industry with what to send, what to say, the copy. Um, and so that is an easy thing for you to do is just have a swipe file that you can then pull from that has examples of subject lines that have attracted you as a recipient. So those are some tips. That's great. And, and so I'm going to just kind of throw in a, uh, the, just to address the poll, how often, so Chris, you said monthly for emailing, um, any other thoughts from, uh, from the group on how often you should be emailing your, uh, your prospect base, your potential customers? Well, and let me just also, I actually email weekly and sometimes more than weekly if we're doing a promotion or like uh, Brian mentioned a special offer. So if you have like a special enrollment offer and it expires at the end of June, I would hit them more frequently towards the end of that offer and you'll get some uptake from that. But at least weekly, at least bi-weekly. I mean, I said monthly because I just want people to get started versus yeah. never. So kind of tiptoe and baby step into it, but I would love to see you guys do weekly. Yeah. Yeah, I would echo that as well. Try monthly and then, you know, work your way up to bi-weekly to weekly. Um, people are going to be opening that, you know, the emails, especially if they're looking, if they're on your wait list, they're interested in your content. So know that. And then I would just work up to that weekly cadence. Yeah, that's exactly what we did in my, in my centers. We started off with monthly. It was just me that was handling it. And I've noticed that I've gotten so busy, I had started to neglect it. And as we grew, I realized that there's probably someone else that can do this better than me and more consistently. So I tasked it to a classroom teacher and I'm bonusing them. So that might be something that um, if you're wondering how you're possibly going to make time to create an email list and what you would even say, because sometimes if it's not a special offer, I'm not sure what I should be putting in the email, like Chris mentioned. Um, so I've tasked it to someone else that can research local events or just different things that are happening in our community um, that has time to do that and does it well. And I include segments of things that she sends me on a bi-weekly now, bi-weekly email newsletter to families and try to throw in some special offers if we're, if we're trying to get more enrollment. So that's what's helped me be more consistent with emails. That's great. Good. Well, awesome. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, tracking email performance. So um, Genevieve, uh, Brian, maybe you can, uh, you can both ad address this one. How do I track email performance? What, what should I be looking for there? And uh, Genevieve, why don't we start with you on that? Sure. So I think definitely looking at your open rates for your email. So whatever email client that you're using, I recommend, I mean, of course, childcare CRM, there's a lot of others out there as well that you'll be able to track open rates on and see what they're clicking on. You know, what are they interested in? Because, you know, if you notice that, you know, you have 30% people are, you know, clicking on a certain link. Well, maybe that's something that in your next newsletter you want to include because it's of interest and it's still timely and it's still going to be of interest to them in a couple of weeks. Um, so I think those are probably the two most important things for, especially if you're just starting out with this, um, look at those. And then especially if you notice that, you know, a headline, you know, I got a 30% open rate on this email. Okay. Well, maybe I need to start doing that again and just trying to see what works. And I think a lot of it is just like testing and iterating on it to see what you can do. And I think as like a good benchmark, um, I think best practice is always looking towards like a 30% open rate for your emails. 
Um, and then usually click rates are probably going to be anywhere from five to 10%. Great. Brian, how about, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree with Genevieve a lot. One thing I will say is when it comes to open rates, I would, I always take it with just like a little bit of grain of salt. And that's just because as email marketing further develops, you know, we start to see issues with automation issues with pixels that load preemptively things that can kind of make emails either seem underperforming or overperforming. Um, and so I prefer usually to rely a lot more on click-through rates. Um, and for those who are uh, listening or watching, um, that's basically the amount of people who click through in your email that opened it, right? As opposed to the total amount of recipients. Um, and so I try and keep a firm eye on that because I think it's such a good indicator of content engagement, that and direct responses, right? So I feel like one thing that often gets overlooked is just the amount of people who will directly respond to your email asking about what you've offered, asking about what your center does and what services and care you provide. So I look to that as a big indicator of email success as well. Yeah, great. Click through and an open rate, uh, great metrics to track, perfect. Well, uh, let's talk about wait lists a little bit. So um, I know we're, we're getting into back to school season, enrollments, we've got people on wait lists. Um, what should you communicate and how often um, should you communicate with those waitlist families? And um, Genevieve and Chris, I thought you could provide some thoughts there. Um, Genevieve, why don't we start with you on that one? Sure. So I, like we said before, definitely communicating with those families on the wait list and just like giving them more information about your center, what's happening, you know, what are you celebrating this week? What's happening inside your classrooms, giving all those little moments of delight that are happening because they're on your wait list. They want to get off the wait list. So I think it would be a missed opportunity if you weren't marketing towards them and, you know, towards your prospective customers. Um, so I think just letting them know, giving them a peek inside the classroom, of course, promotions are always great, but really just providing them and bringing that experience to them is really important because, you know, especially with COVID, maybe they've never stepped inside your center. Maybe they've only seen a virtual tour. What can you do to really bring that experience to them? Great. Yeah. What do you think about that, Chris? So, uh, some of our members are charging a waitlist management or administration fee, and I just wanted to mention that it has nothing to do with email marketing, but I do think it's smart to um, be compensated for the time, the effort that it takes you and your staff to reach out and manage your waitlist. So, and that also cuts through the clutter of people who are really serious and great fits with your program and really want a slot versus people who are just kind of tire kickers. So I think charging a waitlist management fee um, is, is great because it helps you then get paid for the time that you're gonna to take to do this. So that's one thing. And then I think sending them something as simple as once you've got your bi-weekly newsletter or your weekly newsletter, email newsletter set up, sending that, which we do every Friday, um, you can just put them on the list and you can let them know that as part of this waitlist program that you have, that's a special program for them. And that's why they're paying this fee that you're, they're going to get weekly information and fun parenting tips about your program via email. And also you might send them some things to their home address. Occasionally you might send them a, you know, a scholastic child uh, children's book. You might send them other things just to continue to build the relationship, the trust and the connection for them to be really psyched to stay on your wait list and very excited for a space to come open. So those are just some tips there. Um, but I definitely think 
um, monthly at a, on a minimum, reaching out to them and letting them know where they stand in terms of the waitlist status and how it's looking and just to connect with them and, and see how they're doing, maybe even via phone. Great, that's great. Well, thank you everybody for this. This has been a really great discussion. I know we have a lot of questions. So I think we will um, actually open the floor for questions from the audience. And um, I, I know they're already coming in, but uh, please feel free to type in the chat or in the Q&A. And um, Sierra, do you wanna tee up some of the questions for us and we'll, we'll start moving through those? So we received a question and I'm sorry if I say your name wrong, Colosea, I believe. She asked, how do I drive parents to my website in order for them to complete my contact form and obtain their email? So I don't know who wants to go for this one. Um, I'll just kind of leave it open. Chris, raise your hand. Yeah, so uh, sending them to your website via Facebook ad. Uh, I don't know how you're driving traffic, but one of the best practices is using social media content and ads to send them and link them over to your website, to your contact page, or to a landing page you've developed that is related to the thing that you're posting about. Um, so that's one way to drive traffic and you want them to, and give them clear instructions for what the next step is. You know, Don't just land them to the contact form page with no header, no instructions. It's like, hey, thanks so much for popping over here. Uh, can't wait to connect with you and meet you and your family. Please fill out our brief form and we'll be in touch to book your tour or your virtual tour right away. Uh, so, so that would be my answer. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point to mention the um, including some details once they actually get to your website. Does anyone else have any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I, I'd like to just add that um, kind of talking about what Chris said where once you get to the website, that journey is so important because every step that you add is another step where parents are likely to drop off, right? Every step, every hoop you make them go through an additional thing where you're gonna lose potential enrollment. So you need to make that path as streamlined as possible, but also as informative as possible. They need, you need to set expectations about what they can get from the experience and what they're gonna learn. Yeah, that's fantastic. And we received a question from Tanya. She asked, and this might be um, a little bit broad, but I think it's definitely an important question. How can you build your enrollment when opening up a new site? And Danny, I think you'd be perfect for this one since you're going through this right now. Yeah, um, so for full transparency, it's not as challenging for us right now because we already have two other centers that are within 10 minutes of each other. And this third center is also going to be within a, a, a zone of 10 minutes from each of the sites. So we have a reputation in the community, um, but if you don't already have something established like that, I think it is really helpful to uh, engage with the community, participate in different events. Like this evening, for example, I'm gonna be on another discussion panel with our county's um, legislator talking about the state of childcare and um, it's myself and other childcare providers kind of advert, kind 
of advertising our programs at different um, sizes. So we're on the large, larger size of center-based providers. And there's also family daycare providers. Um, and we were invited to that event because we were so engaged with our local child care resource and referral agency, they recommended us. So I would just recommend that if you are new to your area or you don't already have a reputation, uh, join your local PTA, even if you don't have a child enrolled in the school, reach out to your local child care resource and referral agency, go to community events and just meet people and open yourself up to different opportunities that might present themselves. I think that's a great first step. Um, if you're having a hard time building enrollment for a brand new location. Yeah. And Chris, do you have any additional thoughts? Sure. So um, I have a, I teach a five-step process for this. And, uh, you know, what the first step of the process is really making sure that you're being found in your community online and offline. So really looking at all the different ways to generate leads and get your name out there, you know, build awareness in your community. Like Danny said, one of them is community marketing with making connections with people, but definitely where parents are looking perhaps most is on Google. And so showing up on Google Maps for your new program, making sure that you get your website and you list it with Google, Biz Google My Business so that you can show up for your name, address, phone number via the maps. And that will drive traffic to you really, really well if you show up on the maps for the terms daycare and preschool in particular, because um, that's what parents are searching most often. And then looking at all the different ways to just get your name out there through multimedia, again, online and offline, community marketing, um, you know, holding parent events and really working on your social media presence as well, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. So those are just some of the key ways. Once you start building enrollment, then having a parent referral program will help you as well, where parents get rewarded for um, bringing you friends and bringing you clients and referrals uh, as well as a great strategy. Great, thank you so much. And uh, Genevieve, we've got a question here from Pat Chambers and they asked, our customers remain the same age each year, but I get older. Do you find <laughs> sell or email gets the best response? I think that sell gets the, I mean, from, if you're using text message marketing, I think that that gets the best response. Um, I don't know the stat off the top of my head. I know it's in CRM's report of how quickly people respond. Brian, it looks like you might know. Um, but I think if you can do text message marketing, that's the quickest way to get to parents. Yeah, Brian, do you have any additional thoughts? Yeah, yeah. And I would say consumption, right? So Text messaging, the biggest thing, right, is when you send someone an email, you call them, you want whoever you're contacting to consume whatever information you're trying to send them. And so with text messages, like Genevieve said, in our building blocks report, we do outline, I think it's like close to 90% of all text messages get read by the recipients, which is kind of crazy. Because I don't know if, if you're anything like me, I can't stand to have a notification that says I've got 10 texts sitting there. It's going to drive me nuts. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, awesome. And um, so we've got one question specifically about childcare CRM. So this might be for Brian and Heather. Um, does childcare CRM offer training on their email marketing feature of the program? So during over and, and Heather, feel free to jump in if you have anything to add here. But 
we have a pretty, um, a pretty strong onboarding process and we have a team that's always available basically to answer any sort of questions to walk you through the process as needed. On top of that, we have a robust knowledge base that basically shows, and if, cause if you're anything like me, I prefer to read, I prefer to learn that way. Um, and so we offer resources like that so that you can get to know it. Um, and we also have videos, I think Sierra, right? Yes, I think we've got some videos, but we definitely do, like Brian said, have a very um, a great onboarding process. Our implementation and support team is like one of the best in the industry, in my opinion, um, and they're very eager to help. So you can always reach out to them if you have questions. And um, I know we do have a customer on today who said that she's starting email marketing with CRM, which is awesome. So I definitely urge you to take advantage of that. And um, we also got a question specifically about Danny. Um, Adrian said, I'm interested to hear what Danny does since she has multiple sites. And I'm thinking this might be how you manage your email marketing with multiple locations. Oh, with email marketing, honestly, I don't really have a robust like different categories of families um, within the newsletters that we send out. Um, like I mentioned earlier, it was really hard for me to stay consistent with sending like just general emails on a consistent basis to, a whole, you know, our email list. We do have over a thousand families within our email list. So I realized that we were not really taking advantage of all of those people that either were with us in the past, were interested in us or currently enrolled. Um, so I just recently implemented having one of my staff members um, control what, what we're sending out on a biweekly basis. But what we do with um, messages that are related just to families that are currently enrolled at each of the centers is we send out, um, we send it through our parent communication system. So like with Kangaroo Time, we have Kangaroo Time at one of our sites, we can send out emails directly to just those families through that app that we have. But as far as email marketing um, and the special offers that we have, we really just send it out to everybody on a um, biweekly basis. And maybe as time goes on and we get more practice with narrowing down exactly what our goals are, um, we can create those separate categories and be more intentional about, you know, what we're sending out and to who and when. Great. And um, we received a question for Chris from Onyi. She said, what type of marketing strategy works best for the childcare industry? I've tried mailing cards several times, but my capacity is still low. Yeah, so my answer is similar to what I said before, which is to have a multitude of ways to drive your brand and your brand name and the story of the school. So it's really about your story, your why, what makes you different from the centers down the street and what we do in that is we work on your message um, to get your message really crisp and add some what I call sizzle to your steak. And so it's not just kind of a, you know, early learning program with this curriculum, very, very kind of like, I'll say a little bit, you know, stale or boring, but really looking for the things that are going to excite parents in your program that really separate you from the centers you compete with first and foremost so really what is your 
the thing, you know, those differentiating factors or what we sometimes refer to as your unique selling points. And then once you have that down and maybe you have some customer reviews and testimonials that also kind of correlate with that, sharing that messaging um, and that content with, with prospective parents and also on your social media channels. So again, five ways that you're marketing online and offline to get your name out there. And number one is again, being found on the Google Maps uh, for those keywords in your market. So once you get that down, you should be getting, and if your website is a good quality website, um, you're gonna be getting those, those leads and be working your phone and your tour skills. And we teach that too, for how to then convert those leads into, into clients. And so I have a variety of resources to share with you guys at the end um, from, re, from our digital marketing agency, Grow Your Center, which can help you with website, with creating a world-class website to a variety of resources um, that we can help you with on all of those things. But we're, we're a partner with Childcare CRM and we believe strongly that you just need to kind of invest in your marketing um, as an early childhood leader and owner. Yes, you can do great stuff in the classroom, but you really need to focus on the business of marketing your school and getting out there uh, so that you can get enrollment and, and be full and, and make money. Great, yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, okay, Brian, we received a question from Sarah and she said, what strategies can I use to reach full capacity at my center? So there's a few different things there. Like you are, one, you're gonna want to, and we touched on this a little bit earlier, you're going to want to use, uh, if you have the, the budget for it, an ad strategy for one. For two, you're going to want to optimize your website to ensure that you have basically maxed out your conversion as much as possible, right? You want people to be able to even register for care. You want them to be able to find the information they need to know if your center is right for them. Um, and I think Chris brought up a great point when she talked about the differentiators. Right. So being able to show people, whether it's um, uh, educational programming, whether it's if you offer a nutritional program, whether you have a physical aspect to your program, um, you know, and it, it's uh, those are the sort of things parents look for when they go to a website to kind of see what your center offers that others don't. Right. Um, and then when you play into your messaging, right, you one of the key things that we sort of do is we look to what actual users say about our products. And you can do the same thing with your centers, right? You can look to your reviews on Google, right? Or on Yelp or wherever, wherever parents look, you can take their actual words and repurpose that into messaging that's gonna resonate with other parents. And you can use that over time through uh, nurture programs, through those ads to build compelling content that's gonna get parents interested in your center. Yeah, great. And also from Sarah, this is kind of the next step in the process once you've got them interested. Um, for Danny, she said, everyone that comes for a tour compliments the daycare, but they don't all end up registering. How can I get them to commit to enrolling after a tour? Make it easy for them is something that I would say. One thing that we, I think, do well in my centers is we do, we do try to make things as convenient as possible for the family. So we have a very quick online registration process where they're not filling out paperwork in our centers. Um, we can, we uh, have a subscription to an e-signature um, website where they can sign their registration documents electronically 
We reach out to the doctor's offices to get physicals faxed to us directly. We don't send them to go pick up the medical and bring it back when they when they're ready. Um, if they have a subsidy, we as much as the subsidy does not like for us to do this, we call on behalf of the parent and you know try to. Um, make communicate what paperwork might be needed and we just try to give them great customer service as their child care provider um if it's not about the convenience maybe they might you know say that they're still looking or researching other programs in the area we also if we find that letting them know that we can make things quick for them to register is not working we'll send them a school comparison checklist um which i believe is something that i learned from being in chris's um success academy a few years ago we created a um yes so we created a school comparison checklist that doesn't really um we don't, we don't really like to mention the names of other childcare providers or programs in the area. We'll just have like a column of the excellent, unique things about our program or what we provide or services we offer and then leave blank spaces um, for them to kind of check off if other programs that they go to in the area will have those things too. And hopefully at the end of their tour, they'll see that we are the only program that is offering all of these excellent things. And it kind of encourages, it, it reassures them that this is the right choice for them. So um, that's what has been helpful for us. Really more so just making things quick and easy and convenient has um, worked for us really well, but if parents need the extra push, keeping them, uh, keeping in, in contact with email marketing or phone calls or text messages has really worked. Two-way communication through text is something we picked up in the last year. Um, and sending that school comparison checklist is, is great for us as well. Yeah. I love that idea. I think that's phenomenal to kind of show how you're you differentiate your center from others in the area. And uh, Genevieve, we received another question from Pat. They asked, do you just wait for families to unsubscribe to remove them or do you remove them based on another criteria? I would say that this is probably when segmentation uh, becomes really important. So even though they may have aged out, I would still keep them in a separate segmentation because they might have another child or they might be great for a referral. So, you know, just keeping them in the loop and maybe you don't email them every, you know, once a week, maybe you just keep them like once a quarter or something, but kind of keep them on the back burner because you never know. Word of mouth is so important as well that they might recommend you to a friend who had a baby. So um, I would def I wouldn't unsubscribe them um, until they click that unsubscribe button. Uh, I would kind of just segment them um, out into another, another segment. Can I quickly add that we do unsubscribe some families that we don't want to come back? <laughs> if, if, there, if anything ends on a questionable or not so great note, we will remove a family from our email list because we would not like to invite them back or, you know, we don't want to trigger them of, of any of, of anything. So I, we do play close attention to all the names and emails on our list. Yes. For that reason. <laughs> yeah. 
Awesome. And um, we have one last question from Laketa, and I'll give this one to Brian. Um, she said, what app do you guys use for email and text automation? Like when we email out to centers? So I think it's a question um, in terms of for a center, what app could they use for email and text automation? Well, I mean, obviously childcare CRM, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and Brian, do you want to explain a little bit about our email and text features? I think one, one of our, and for those of you who don't know, we recently launched a sort of revamped version of our platform called CRM Plus. Um, and one of the strengths is it's sort of communication hub where you're able to manage your outbound messaging, whether it's text or emails. And one of the cool new features of our email editor is that it's all drag and drop, right? Um, and all of that is really convenient in terms of one, you can build like these beautiful emails that are look really professional. Cause I don't know about you guys, but most of us probably don't have a, a professional level of design skills, right? So being able to sort of drop that stuff in and get your reporting on how all of that's performing. Those are sort of key facets of that, right? And then when you have the ability to send text messages or to send really, um, really to give parents the option to receive the types of communications they want, that's really pivotal for keeping your engagement high. Because if I request text and you're sending me emails, I'm gonna be annoyed. If I requested emails and you're sending me text, I'm gonna be annoyed. Um, and that's just, that's just the way it is as, as parents, um, you know, parents, it's a hard job and you want to be communicated with in a very specific way in a time that's convenient for you. Um, Childcare CRM, for those of you who don't know, is an online platform that basically gives you the tools to keep your centers full. And that means communications tools like email and text messaging, reports that allow you to see how enrollments are doing, what your conversion rates are there, um, as well as landing page tools, nurture streams, things like that, that are basically going to help you gain new enrollments. Um, and one of the cool things about that is I mentioned it earlier. We did recently release revamped version, a revamped version of our existing platform known as CRM plus. We also earlier in the year released a uh, sort of, I don't want to say lighter version, but it's a more streamlined version sort of um, just known as CRM. And they're both built basically to accommodate different business needs, right? It's not every center needs, to have you know, uh, uh, the car that can go 200 miles per hour, right? <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, C and CRM basically is, it integrates with management systems like Kangaroo Time, for instance, um, as well as ProCare and lead gen platforms like Kinside or, um, or uh, Winnie. So it's really basically built to help you capture every inquiry that comes um, looking for care at your center. Perfect. Awesome. Well, I want to just uh, thank our panelists today, Chris, Danny, Genevieve, Brian. It was, uh, those are just great insights, really good discussion today. Um, so just as a reminder to everyone, we will be sending a recording of today's webinar. And I just want to thank everybody so much for attending and we will see you soon. Thanks everybody. Make sure to check the description box below if you'd like to watch the full webinar recording or Feel free to download our brand new free step-by-step -step guide for childcare to building email marketing campaigns like a pro. Thanks so much for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about childcare CRM or childcare forms, visit us online at childcarecrm.com.
and make sure to follow, rate, and review so you never miss out on another episode.